The Midwest Film Nerds Podcast is available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free app in the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Stitcher also has a desktop app and a web app for listening on your computer. Go to stitcher.com for more detail. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Willie. Today we're going to be talking about our top 10 movies of 2014, plus all kinds of other superlatives. But before we get to that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you let us know what you think of the show. Go to at MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram to follow us in those places. Uh, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine. 2487-335-636, which is 2487-335-MFN. You can give us a call, leave us a voicemail, we might play it on the show and talk about it. And go to MidwestFilmNerds.com and iTunes for all of our previous episodes. So do. Yes. Uh, so this has been, it's a little late, but we wanted to see all the movies that are coming out that kind of leak over and do limited releases like the last week of December and then actually come out in January. We're pre-Oscars, so it seems fair. Yeah, like, you know, Mordecai probably got a qualifying run last <laughs> in the end of December, and yeah. probably not. Uh, but anyway, it's here now, and we're doing our top 10 of 2014. But before we get to that, uh, are there any movies that you guys wish that you saw? Like, these will not be appearing on our list because we have <clears> not <throat> seen them yet. Yeah. I wanted to see the Lego movie. I never saw the Lego movie. Whoa. That's a, that's a real Damn. shame. I know. That's a bummer. Yeah. I feel comp- I feel pretty good about my top 10, so I don't know that the Lego movie would have made an appearance, so I don't think it's a huge deal. It is. But I think I mean, <laughs> it's a big deal I haven't seen it, but I don't think yeah. it would have breached the top 10 for me. But I mean, what do I know? Maybe not. Maybe it would have been number 3 or something. I don't know. Um I can't think of any other ones though, really. Whip I know, I know there were I know there was me. a big pile of them towards the end of the year that we yeah. we waited specifically to see at least two of them well i wanted to i wanted to see there are a few movies that i wanted to see at least ones that are kind of recent would be fox catcher and a most violent year yes yes yeah, um, both those yep yes to both there were a few other ones i've heard good things about top five the chris rock movie in yeah. terms of like it would I, it might be something that i really enjoy so i'm sad that i didn't get to see that i'd like to see big eyes it seems like a like a like a turn to real movies for Tim Burton. Look closer so. to Big Fish almost, which I yeah, liked a lot. Absolutely. Ooh, big Fish, Big Eyes. Yeah, I know, right? Mm. Fish Eyes. The Big Trilogy. Mm. Big. Is going to be big? Is he making big? Big, Big Fish. He's going to remake Big. What about the BFG? <laughs> I, that could be next. Uh, well, I should also, be up his alley. I also wanted to watch uh, Under the Skin and The Babadook and... Uh, the Baba Duke, I really wanted to see. Only lovers left alive. That came highly well. recommended from friend of the podcast, Rick. Yeah, I've heard I've heard really good things about it yeah. all over the place. So those are our disclaimer movies that we did not see. So do there's not probably a few them. more that slipped through the cracks, but yeah, yeah. But you know. I think we set out what we wanted to see for the most part. Yeah, and it's not it, what we set out to see. See, I like I. I'm, this is the first time that. I'm feeling unhappy with my list. I don't like where my list is, like going into recording the episode. <laughs> so I don't know if there's anything that I really needed to see, like out of the ones that I said to feel like really good about it. I just feel like I needed to do a lot more rewatching at the end of the year to really suss out where things should actually sit. But 
Is this our third top ten that we've done? I think this is our third. Yeah, we did 2012, 2013. This is 2014. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I didn't listen to our 2012. I did go back and listen to the 2013 one. Okay. So... Probably best not to listen to our 2012 one. Yeah, that's that's where I put John Carter at like number nine or something. Shameful. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> we should, so weird. I shouldn't have brought it up. But I don't trust any of Alex's lists anymore because I'm like, what's going on? Uh, there's you're gonna have more reason to not trust me. <laughs> oh, we, we still haven't gotten over this. <laughs> All right, so I think we should get started. Uh, Nick, would you like to do your number ten? Sure. <clears throat> My number 10 for 2014 was X-Men Days of Futures Past. Days of Future Past. Or Futures, whatever. There's a <laughs> lot of weird timeline stuff. Um, this one almost got bumped off the list um, by one of my honorable mentions I'll mention later. But I, I think it deserves a place in my top 10 because uh, as, a, as a lifelong X-Men fan, it really, hit, it really hit a lot of the right notes. And in, in many ways, it featured some of the best moments of the entire X-Men film saga to date. Uh, it was a very satisfying kind of reboot to Mm -hmm. the X-Men timeline. And uh, I think it was quite an enormous task it set out to achieve in both. Let's make an X-Men sequel. People like uh, that will also make money that will also utilize all these, both of these amazing casts really well. And that will also kind of properly be a sequel to one franchise and a, and a oops, like a total band aid. Yeah. Do over for the other. And it, (laughs) This insane tightrope act, it actually pulled off. Yeah. And I think that that's pretty much the consensus. I don't think I really heard anybody that d- disliked it. Uh, there are varying degrees within that of how people liked it, but I enjoyed it quite a bit. The ending was very satisfying. The little, And you can't have a comic book movie without a little tease at the end. And it, yeah. was, it was really sweet. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think we're all, uh, it's just a collective sigh of relief with this movie. I think critics and audiences alike were like, whew. Yeah. That was it. It was a, uh, yeah. Dodged a bullet. Yep. Well, <laughs> yeah. Won the war almost. It's, it's a it's a big victory for that franchise. So, uh, yeah. there it is. Number 10. All right. Willie, what is your number 10? My number 10 is Fury. Mm-hmm. I like that movie a lot. I Way more than I expected to like it. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've seen a World War II movie that I, that I was that into, and I missed that. Um, I was on a real string of like different like Vietnam War movies and stuff like that in my in my youth and it's nice to kind of get back into that. So yeah. no, I, I I thought it was great and I I mean I I could go on about it, but we have a whole review where we talk about it. So That's true. was it because of Clant Eastwood? <laughs> Clant Eastwood is one of my favorite uh, Midwest film nerds <laughs> memes that may yes. or may not. We I don't know. It if didn't actually to... make the episode yeah. sadly, but we, Willie and I have dubbed Clint Eastwood's son Clant. Clant Eastwood. Eastwood. <laughs> what? I don't know. He's in Fury, and for some reason, Alex goes, "What is his name?" Clant Eastwood. And I was like, That's amazing. <laughs> so he's now Clant. I don't Eastwood. remember that. Was I here for that? I don't. I don't uh, think no, so. No, no. I okay. think we watched it in Alex's living room. Yeah, and yeah. you actually saw it in theaters. Oh, okay, yep. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you were legit. Yeah, you, um, you did what I wanted to do and didn't do because <laughs> I'm a lazy ass. But no, it was it was really good and it it took me by surprise. Um, For all know. those wondering, his name is Scott Eastwood. Yes, not, not Clont. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I just I, I, what I liked about it was mostly was I love um, I love ensemble casts. Yeah, and um, when a director and storytellers manage to balance all of them equally and make them all interesting and. Um, have cool interactions with each other, and I liked they 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 did a great job of that. Yeah. David Ayer, which is is awesome. So, yeah, all right, yeah. 
Okay, my number 10 is Edge of Tomorrow. Excuse me, Live, Die, Repeat. Um, I, oh, shit, that was this year. Yeah, it was. It was. I enjoyed this movie way more than I thought I would, and I really, really love the mechanic that it plays with, the Groundhog Day mechanic that it plays with. I think it does very interesting things in the sci-fi realm, and, and it almost makes me curious to see like where else we could apply the Groundhog Day concept and what other kind of interesting things we can pull out of it. But um, <clears throat> everything about this movie, all of the jokes, like I even, I liked Tom Cruise in this movie, which is a lot for me to say. Not that I hate him typically, but I actually liked, actively liked Tom Cruise in this movie. But you even had a hard time with him in Oblivion, which was a movie that you were really excited for. Absolutely. So that, that says a lot that you could get past it, that. Yeah, totally. And uh, Emily Blunt is fantastic in it, and she she's a very good leading lady in, in, in the sci-fi genre. And uh, hint, hint, Marvel for Miss Marvel, maybe. And um, no, it's just a really, really well put together film. And, and I just remember being very surprised by it when, when, it, when we went and saw it. Because like, looking at the trailers, I think all of us were fairly nonplussed and like, that could be cool, but I don't really know. And then I think we all went and, like, you know, you and Tim and I, Willie, we all went and saw it and we're like, this is fantastic. So, Nick, you ended up seeing it at some point? Yes. No? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think so, Gojo and I went. Yeah. Or something. Later on. Later but, on. Yeah, it, I, it's, it's a wonderful film. And, and I'm sad, like, I feel like it could be higher on my list if I had rewatched it and really figured out where I would want to put it. But Edge of Tomorrow is my number 10, so... Nick, number nine. My number nine is Fury. Ooh. 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 So, so close. So close to what? To Willie's number yeah, 10. Yeah, that's true. Right up there. Um, Fury was just a really uh, unexpectedly great movie. Um, I, I think I pretty much expected it to be good, but I didn't think I expected it to be so great. And I did not expect to uh, enjoy all of the actors in it as much as I did. There are a yeah. couple actors in there that I'm not so keen on, and they, the whole cast collectively like all won me over for sure. The effects were really good. It presented a very tired setting for movies in a very fresh way. Yeah. Like showing me World War II through the, through the eyes of, of a little tank squad there was pretty sweet. And we had some really ori- original <clears throat> action sequences because of that. The uh, the lead character is very good. All everybody else around him is very good. Brad Pitt's very good. This would probably have been higher on my list if it weren't for all logic just being tossed out the window in the third act. <laughs> yeah. Much if you listen to our review and if you've seen the movie, which you should, uh, that's my biggest complaint with the movie. The yeah. third act gets really goofy. It, if it had remained a little more grounded, it pro- this movie probably would have been higher. But it's very good um, across the board, top to bottom, from the directing all the way on down. Uh, it's you know, very solid entry into that uh, pantheon of yeah. war films. And, uh, yeah, number All nine, right. David Ayer. Good job. Yep. Willie, number nine. Uh, number nine for me is kind of a little surprise. I think my first three on this list are kind of little surprises. But 100-Foot Journey, I love this movie. Mm. Like, what a delightful little film. It just made me feel really good about myself afterwards. Like, it was a nice, like, very concise story. I love movies about food. I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, this is the Helen Mirren. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's basically about um, uh, an Indian family who like opens up an Indian restaurant in a place where that is not heard of. I think they're in France, I yeah. believe. And and it's 
Helen Mirren's kind of an antagonist a little bit to them, and it's just it's a really cool movie. So it's a dramatic retelling of Good Burger. Yes, yes, it is. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm derailing. No, your, you're good, you're good. Your list. No, it's it's just uh, it's got cool character arcs and and growth for even like the most minor of characters in the movie, and um, it fumbles a tiny bit here and there with the lead and trying to they they kind of rush through some of his his struggles and stuff but all in all it's a really cool movie and it's 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 just a little it's a little gem and i enjoy it and anybody who hasn't seen it check it out i really think you'd like it it's it's kind of a movie for everybody i don't think anybody would would regret watching it because it just makes you feel good at the end so yeah wonderful journey good stuff awesome and helen mirren's great yeah i i don't think i've ever seen her anything i didn't like her in so no you you can't go wrong with helen mirren she was even good in red which was not a very good movie yeah but she was good in it so yeah helen mirren a number one. <laughs> All right. My number nine is a movie film, which I wish was a lot higher on my list. And I wish connected with me a lot more than it did. But it still definitely deserves to be on my top ten. And that would be Richard Linklater's Boyhood. Um, this movie is so ridiculously ambitious and is so incredibly coherent for the idea behind making it that I think anybody should be able to see it and appreciate what is unfolding in front of their eyes. It's, um, I think it's one that upon rewatch, I will probably enjoy quite a bit more. And once again, like the rest of my list, if I rewatched it, maybe it would be higher, but, um, it's just a really beautiful story. And, and, you know, some of the acting aside, because you're dealing with children actors and some of whom don't want to be a part of it anymore at some point in the 12 year process of making the movie. It's uh, it's just a really, really, really well made film for the fact that he encapsulated work like a week of filming for so long and then put it together into a narrative that totally works. I You have to admire that. and And once again... It's one of those few movies, like uh, I said last year, for Gravity. I would love to sit there and watch a three-hour documentary on how this movie, like everything about how this movie was made. And I always think that's a pretty, you know, a pretty stellar mark of filmmaking. So that's my number nine. Nick, number eight. My number eight is The Raid 2. Ooh. Arendal. Yeah. Uh, this one, again, this one was poised to be a little closer to the middle of my list but the middle is really hard to suss out so fair warning for numbers eight through like five they, they all were just like they jumbled around yeah uh this movie though incredible uh on every level it's not just anybody who it was would be like oh it's just a it's just an action movie a bunch of asian dudes hitting each other like no this movie like really has a great very compelling story the acting is very good um and the way it pushes modern filmmaking with all these crazy like ways they move the camera around and they invent new weird rigs to get the camera where it needs to go and just very incredible blocking and rehearsing and choreography and it's almost part like live performance because of the amount of work and physicality that these actors need to put into it so it's very very special uh and the plot is great. The soundtrack or the score, I remember really liking a lot too, like in the theater. And just visually, I mean, this is Gareth Evans, right? Yes. Yes. Gareth Evans uh, has such a great eye. And I'm, I'm 
really excited for the rest of his movies, but I, I kind of want to see him make a non-martial arts movie just to see what he does and yeah. see if it's horrible and he just needs to go back to only doing martial arts or what. <laughs> Iron Fist, please. He's got, yeah, oh, absolutely. He's got such a great eye, though, and it's not only for, for, for composition and blocking, but just for, for visual things like colors and textures, and there's so much fascinating photography in this movie and just weird things that really, really put you in there and make you feel it. Um, it's great. I think the only criticism I really had of it was it's very long. It's yeah. really long. You can't just pop this one in and be like, oh, let's, quit, let's watch the raid too. And like, no, that's almost a three-hour excursion. So it's a long one, but it is fantastic. Definitely one of my, one of my personal favorites, but uh, it goes a little bit lower on the list because some other ones got in front of it. But the raid too, terrific. By all means, see them both if you haven't. Totally. Watch the first one first. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> watch them right next to each other maybe too. Yeah, might be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck living. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're gonna need to let your heart rate slow down. Yeah, you need to you need to hydrate during those movies. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> All right, Willie, your number eight. Uh, number eight for me is Edge of Tomorrow. Mm. Um, it's it's a great sci-fi movie. It's it's I know it's based on something that exists. A graphic. All novel. you need is kill. I don't care about that. It's it's an original sci-fi concept <laughs> that is brought to the screen. Like I know it. Yeah, whatever awesome female lead that somehow mm-hmm. manages to be a total badass but have emotion and be a human being so applause emily blunt yeah um the just the 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 concept of taking something like groundhog day and turning it into an action movie i can't believe it hasn't been done before not that yeah. i'm aware of and I, I it's just great i mean the the whole movie top to bottom uh it looked terrible in the trailers, and somehow it managed to just completely blow away any expectations I had. Just yeah, awesome. talk about talk about worst marketing for a movie. Not oh, it's only, the worst. Not only were the trailers even post release, but they also changed the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. questionable yeah. decisions were made all the way to the end. Oh my! I, God. I will never understand that. But uh, and, and I will say the the action scenes are great. Like, yeah, and and the editing in this movie is great. Just the fact that they were able to put this all together and make it make sense because there's so much going on with. Not time travel, but yeah, kind of, I don't know. It's it's awesome. It's a great movie. Uh, the only bummer, I guess, if I had to pick one, is some of the effects are a little wonky, but that's such a small, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I, I'll, I'll stick in another comment here that I forgot to mention. The montages of him like just like speeding through the day after he's figured out like, the oh, optimal great. path are so good. It's like, exactly what you would do in that position. It's one of my favorite parts of that movie. That, that's one of the great pitfalls for that movie, I think, is it could have gotten really bogged down and lost in like the, in, like, the details and not moved along swiftly enough, but it, it really does move. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a delight to just sit through. Awesome. All right. My number eight is a food movie, much like Willie's number ten, nine. I don't know which. Delicious. One. Uh, nine. A food movie. Yes, a food movie. Uh, <laughs> it's actually John Favreau's Chef. I really, really, really loved this movie, and and a lot of it's just to do with the story of a guy basically trying to reinvent his life after kind of not doing exactly what he wanted to. Uh, with with the first 30, 40 years of it. I find that kind of story compelling, especially in real life, listening to people like Jonathan Colton. I think it's a very similar thing. But um, I think the movie, it's absolutely food porn. I think it's pretty beautifully shot. I think it's, honestly, it's it's John Favreau's best work since Iron Man, you know, like the first Iron Man. Mm. And um, the the child actor could have been terrible, but he was fantastic and 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 just kind of the the arc that John Favreau goes through in that movie is 
beautiful. Like it, it's a really interesting, touching, and cool story. Just to kind of, and from all kinds of facets, even like relationship wise and just career wise, it's a beautiful melding of a lot of concepts and things that you know a lot of people get terribly wrong in a lot of their movies. So I'm this movie's on my top ten, and I'm I'm glad it is. And it's got John Leguizamo. So awesome. All right, Nick, number seven. My number seven is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Ooh. Should be higher, but it's been a great year. It's been a really good year. It has. This is a a hard list. I feel like I'm going to say that before every entry. (laughs) They should be higher. They all should be number one. I should have ten number ones. That's what I've said, basically. But uh, this movie initially started lower on my list, but I really, really, because it it came out so long ago that I had to, like, really think about it. Yeah. Same with The Raid, too. But, uh... The Grand Budapest Hotel was really great. I mean, I'm a long time Wes, An- Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson. <laughs> Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson in his native Sweden. Wes Anderson. Anderson. He, um, he's just gotten... March Gunderson. In, in, in ways... <laughs> in ways he's, uh, he's just gotten better, even though his movies, you know, a lot of people would argue haven't necessarily always gotten better. He seems like he's gotten a lot better at directing and things have... He's... he's he started off amazingly and just continues to to grow and, and mature yeah. well. And this movie, I remember being excited for it, but after the kind of lull he had uh, with with Moonrise, I think a lot of people were like, oh, but he comes back strong and I think makes one of his best movies yet. It's uh, very, it's a very great, very Wes Anderson-y story. A lot of his old standbys are back and they're mm-hmm. all fantastic in it as usual. Uh, great breakout performance from, uh, I already forgot his name, sorry, who plays... Uh, Zero. Zero, yeah. But um, it's just, it's fabulous. It's funny. It's sweet. It's got some, oddly enough, some kind of good action. It's, it does. It's got I a love badass. the switching of the aspect ratios, even though mm-hmm. I don't love the 4 by 3 and I still don't. Uh, I, I only wish for a little bit more of the middle timeline in like the 70s-ish when it's all kind of fading. But I think it's got a great message about like, just like friendship and tradition and like honor a little bit. And And the final shot of the movie is very... Kind of bittersweet when the movie ends. You've had a great time with this movie, and when it ends, you're kind of it's like a twinge of sadness, kind of like you were looking through an old like yeah. photo album, and then you you were having a great time, and then you get to the end and go, oh, that's over, back to reality. Yeah. So it's a very uh, it goes a little deeper than I think a lot of his past works have. So he uh, he did an excellent job, and I'm once again eagerly anticipating the next entry into his filmography. Good job, Wes. Welcome All back. All right, Willie. Um, number you're seven. On, yeah, number seven. The Raid 2. I almost had a heart attack in the theater during this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have very low blood pressure. <laughs> um, it, it's insane. But in the... Like it's, it, I don't want to say insane in the sense of like Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez insane. I, it's, like, it's like controlled insanity. But what you're witnessing is just so bonkers and you don't understand how it happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That I mean, see, the movie's a roller coaster ride, and yeah. the Raid One was a hell of a roller coaster ride. Some, I, I mean, somehow they managed to one up themselves, not just in terms of action and scope, but in terms of storytelling, uh, character development, and just every every aspect of this movie. It's like it's the guy, it's, he's a he's a master at work. Like that's what this movie feels like. He is he has mastered martial arts films. Two movies. It's in. over. He did two of them. It's done. There's no. There's no reason. Everyone to... go home. Great job. Yeah, it's complete. Cl- close down Asia because <laughs> it's over. Um, no, it just. I mean, this has the single. I think, honest to God, the single greatest hand-to-hand fight I've ever seen on film. Which one? Period. 
the kitchen, kitchen? fight. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, yeah. it's the it might be oh, what a cool year for movies, but it might be the coolest thing of the year. Maybe. It's I, up there. The, the moment when they scoot towards each other. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. I just that you, I'll talk about other cool shit later on in the list, but that's one of the cool ones. So, yeah, Raid 2. If you have not seen the Raid movies, just do it. Like, I don't care if you don't like martial arts. Actually, you probably wouldn't like them. No, just watch them. So, no. Yes, watch them. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm having a heart attack right now, actually. <laughs> this thing, I'm, I'm, my, my palms are actually a little sweaty. You're, you're, about. you're a little clammy. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My number seven is another Johnny Legs movie that came out this year. It's John Wick. Uh, this movie is a very awesome thrill ride to me, and 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 it's a such a great return for Keanu. Like everybody says, it's Keanu's return. He never left for me, but welcome back, Keanu. We love you. I love you. Um, there's so much that this movie does right, just in 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 taking somebody like Keanu Reeves and giving him like the little minute pieces of his performance that make you really believe that this character is the boogeyman for everybody in this movie it's it's really really awesome and i remember thinking throughout the movie like throughout the movie and throughout our review one of my favorite things is that it's just the the, the world building quote unquote that happens in this movie like they've built this weird cartoonish world where where like the mobsters get afraid of their former hitmen and like all kind like all kinds of like the cops will let john wick do whatever he does it's really really awesome and and i appreciate the movie for that and not to mention like a lot of people fault the movie for like dude they just they killed your dog let it go i feel like if somebody killed my dog i would go on a shooting rampage game over yeah it'd be done close asia no but (laughs) It's John Wick is just such a really it's an interesting movie. It's shot in a way like in a post John Wick world. It's no longer there you go. There you go. It's no longer a post Haywire world. It is a post John Wick world because it's it's a film that's shot by by uh, people who are stunt coordinators and know how to shoot the movie so that you are seeing the detail that they're putting into the stunts that they're coordinating. And I love it and respect it for that. It's another regret on my list. Only because you guys have praised it so much. It's oh, you never saw it? No. <laughs> I like how we all have these movies that we didn't see. That'll be a like, Blu-ray <sighs> viewing at some point. Yeah. yeah. All right. That that movie will come up later on the podcast once you've seen it. Yeah, we'll have so. to we'll talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll have to do what we've been watching. <laughs> all right, Nick. Your number six. I My number six is Need for Speed. Yeah. I loved this movie. <laughs> loved it. I think I'm the only one who loved it. <laughs> we walked out of the theater and you guys were all kind of like, <laughs> like varying degrees of like, yeah, it was okay. And like, and I was like, hell no. That was so awesome. Um, it's totally dumb. Like this, this movie is the best video game adaptation I've ever seen because it is a video game on screen. And there's no like distracting point of view segments of a steering wheel or anything like that. Yeah. It's not, but it's just, it captured the spirit of like, of of video games in so many ways and it it really it really plays on screen like Grand Theft Auto the movie like it's just so awesome you can hear more on our on our review but i've seen it uh, again since then i think at least twice and it's just such an awesome movie because it's so it's so dumb like meatheaded just like good guy very good guy bad guy very bad guy girl in the middle team of misfits team up fight bad guy win like it's just <laughs> it's so like it's that simple but it's so much fun to watch because it's everything is practical. Like the car chases and car stunts are amazing. 
and Aaron Paul did like most of his own driving. Mm-hmm. And there's some shots that are absolutely insane where he does like a crazy maneuver and then stops right in front of the camera. And I was like in the theater, I was like, holy shit, was that real? It was actually him. And I immediately looked it up after the movie and was like, oh my god, it was. <laughs> and so much about this is so impressive the way they the way they shot it and the way they really went for it. The big chunk in the middle in Detroit is really cool too. It was yeah. very cool to see Detroit, and it was, oh hey, it's actually Detroit, Ugh, RoboCop. Like it's, <laughs> they actually came here and shot a bunch of it, and it's just amazingly done. It's it's the most competently made movie, and some of the chase sequences are just so easy to follow and so much fun to watch. Uh, I think everybody in it is, has a has a pretty good time in it. A lot of people have criticized Aaron Paul, but I think he's good for what he is. But uh, I honestly just had a great time with need for speed and i've seen it a few times and it's one of the ones i would still just like pop in and be like okay need for speed scott wall for the scott wall. <laughs> i'm so happy i live in a world where nick has need for speed on his top 10 <laughs> like close to the top that five makes me really too. happy yeah that's good need for speed beat wes anderson on my top that's true <laughs> that's very true let's think about this for a second that's weird i know and i may high school it. you is beating the shit out of me uh, I, now may, I may regret it but <laughs> it was a, it was great it's good all right willie number six uh my number six is Godzilla, screw the haters at this table. <laughs> I just like continuing this battle of that's, that's in my mind. Way to assume. Um, battle of Zilla. It's not on your list. Um, don't look at me like that, you weirdo. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, no, this one's for Tim. This one's for Tim. Uh, no, I liked Godzilla a lot. And here's the thing. Look, I recognize the issues that that, that movie has. I, I realize that. But it was so good to see him on the screen again, to see Godzilla really on screen. And, like, the the redesign I thought was great. I know a lot of people were like, oh, he's fat. And, like, stop it. Cut it out. <laughs> he looks awesome. He does look He awesome. looks like a bear with scales. It's incredible. Also, <laughs> what the one moment... Re- the, reopen Asia. Godzilla's back. <laughs> yeah. Godzilla's here. Let's reopen. <laughs> we're, we're open for business. <laughs> no, but no. So... Uh, speaking of Asia and awesome moments, let's just talk about the fact that this one is right up there with the raid kitchen fight when Godzilla fights the monsters at the end. I don't want to say too many spoilers. Can we say spoilers? I, I, I want to stay away from as many okay. as possible. He but. fights the monsters. Yep. And it's amazing. Yeah. Let's just say that one of his attributes from the old films is fully on, uh, fully featured in this film and it's wonderful. Terrifying. I mean, it's, it's, oh, oh, and majestic. It yep. just... Amazing. Just amazing. I, I, I can't wait for a sequel because I feel like now is the time where they can just go all out and go nuts. And I'm super psyched oh, for yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Super psyched for it. This is just paving the road. Now they can go 100 miles an hour on it. Absolutely. Yeah. crash into each other. Absolutely. I oh, Bring it. Bring King Ghidorah. Bring Mothra. Bring Rodan. All of it. Mm-hmm. Let's do it right now. In like four years. <laughs> After a Star Wars movie. Yeah. God damn it. Star Wars. Screwing everything up for me. It's like when the Goonies screwed up Friday the 13th Part 5. Thanks, Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. My number six. That's the one we're on, right? I don't yep. know why I'm having such trouble. You are on number six. Okay. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to say that, that Nick hasn't said already. Uh, this just feels like Wes Anderson like taking everything that he's learned and making the best movie possible. It's like... You get little bits of Fantastic Mr. Fox and like all of his other movies just kind of built into this. It all feels like it all has accumulated into this wonderful movie that is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, 
there are a few standouts for me in terms of performances, particularly Willem Dafoe. It's it's hard for me not to love Willem Dafoe in anything, let alone he's so good. Let alone Wes Anderson movies. I just it's my my quote of Wes Anderson plays uh, Willem Dafoe like the finest instrument in the world. It's it's wonderful. It's beautiful. I was hoping you would say that. It's it's just such a. a they have a beautiful partnership, and 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 it's wonderful. It doesn't beat Klaus. He doesn't beat Klaus for me in in, in the life well, no. aquatic, but he's still absolutely fantastic. Um, the score is wonderful. The Displa score, uh, mm-hmm. which I think Nick remarked was was his best attempt at being Mother Bowsian, is it, it's really cool and and just the and I think we talked in our review about how. And and you mentioned it a little bit, Nick. Just kind of the touch of sadness that you get for this movie, and like all like seeing that kind of carry into all of Wes Anderson's movie. It's very interesting how he uses it differently in each one. They're so colorful, but they're so melancholy at the same time. Yeah. It's so strange. Yeah, but yeah, so. and the, the it's that final scene in this one. Yeah. The nostalgia junkie in me just right he, at that part. I was like, I Ooh. think yeah. We we talked about how he just has that one particular gut punch, like one line or one little thing mm-hmm. that really gets to you, and and. Alex's tears occur. So, <laughs> yes, number six, Grand Budapest Hotel. So, Nick, quick break. Are we going? Uh, we can take a quick break. Don't we usually? Sure. We're gonna take a break top right five now. when we come back. Top five when we come back. Yeah, we're gonna review top yeah, five. That's, we're <laughs> done, Chris Rock. <laughs> that's all you get. <laughs> we're gonna do the rest of the five next week. Anyway, yeah, we will be right back after this break. We're back with our top five, Nick. What's number five? Top five, Nick. Yes. As you're known. The top five for Nick is John Wick. Oh, yeah. John Wick was so awesome. I go from, like, Need for Speed was so awesome to John Wick was so awesome. <laughs> uh, John Wick was a huge unexpected surprise. Like, I, I usually consider myself pretty, like, in tune with my intuition. Like, I'm not often surprised by movies, but this year had two in John Wick and Need for Speed. Uh, John Wick was, again, uh, there's not, to trade places with you, Alex, there's not much I can say that you didn't already <laughs> say. Uh, very, very well executed from, t- t- get that high, well executed, uh, several hundred times. Well done. Uh, from the, you know, the, the two stunt coordinators who directed this did a fantastic job because not only is it great visually, it makes sense, it moves, it's fun to watch, but the, the story is engaging. It's, you know, it's pretty pretty simple revenge story but you actually are like you know what yeah like you really root for the guy it's not like you're like oh another revenge movie where his family got killed instead of him or something it's uh very good the action is spectacular there's so much in this that i I won't say stands toe-to-toe with the raid 2 because almost every scene in the raid 2 trumps john wick but john john wick stands among it certainly like it um I, i i have no you know, I, I, my gut is not to compare the two, even though I just did. But uh, <laughs> again, Keanu comes back in a big way, and he's this is the type of character he really excels at playing. He's he's so much fun to watch in this movie. And I was just flying home from uh, being out of town for a few days, and I told one of my friends on the way back, I was like, you should watch John Wick, because he had it. And he was like, yeah, maybe I will. And so we get on the plane and whatever, and I, as soon as we get off, he's like, dude, John Wick! <laughs> like, in the back of the plane. And I was like, I told you. It's it's just great. A great time. It was It was the... This is one of the only movies I actually went back to the theater to see this year a second yeah. time. 
which I used to do all the time back in the day, but who who has the time anymore? But this one, I was like, I, I have to go back with, with different people to say, dude, come see this. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, John Wick, awesome. I'm really curious to see if they make a John Wick 2, if, uh, you know, what Keanu's doing, what the two directors are going to do. It's, you know, they, there's room for a sequel and I think for a spinoff too. So totally. great job. Everybody in it's awesome. Ian McShane is, is so glorious in this movie. Yeah. So is everybody. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, number five, John Wick. All right. Willie, number five. Number five, the Lego movie. What an absolute delight from top to bottom. A kid's movie that somehow manages to go above and beyond the Call of Duty and be maybe even a better movie for adults than it is for kids, but not without, not, not doesn't sacrifice the, the fun that kids should be having while they're watching this movie. Yeah. Um, it might even, Wreck It Ralph was very similar in terms of how I felt about it, um, leaving the, the theater and the, the fact that there were really, really, really heavy themes in that movie, and and they, they actually hit home for me. Yeah. This one might be even more. Actually, no. This one is more so. Um. And I loved Wreck It Ralph, but, I mean, and then you got Will Arnett's Batman, <laughs> and not enough can be said about Will Arnett's Batman. He should play Batman. I don't know why they why they cast <laughs> Ben Affleck. Oh man, don't tease me with these. He's ideas. amazing. That'd be beautiful. Um. I mean, he just. He, he's he's great. The whole voice cast is great. Chris Pratt's always a welcome addition to anything at this point. I think, um, you know, and you've got from top to bottom, even like super minor roles, like Superman is Channing Tatum. Yep. How awesome is that? Yep. And then of course he kind of partners up with Green Lantern, who's played by Jonah Hill. Yeah. So you get that that Twenty One Jump Street thing. Really? Going on. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, and since it's Lord and Miller doing it, it's even funnier. You yeah. Know? Um, just what a what an incredibly talented group of people coming together and making something that's just really perfect for what it is and and uh i'm sure i mean we'll get a sequel and that's great but i don't think anything could ever quite top where this what this did so yeah we'll see so lord miller writing but you never know yeah well i mean hopefully they're able to find a logical progression to the story and not wind up kind of in toy story 2 mode for and i didn't hate toy story 2 but it just it lacked any sort of depth to me that the first one had. So we'll see. I, I, but this, this first Lego movie is, is fantastic. So. All right. My number five is James Gunn's guardians of the galaxy. Uh, this movie made me love a cast of characters that everybody told me, everybody meaning Nick and Willie told me that I was going to love, but it just did such a stellar job introducing me to this band of people that shouldn't fit together but does anyways it's it's a really really beautiful story the characters are fantastic um it really blows to open the doors in the marvel universe like literally like there's an actual universe out there and and it's beautiful to start seeing more of it come together through the eyes of a director who really just feels like he has the skill set to to bring all of these different people to life and to create this, these worlds that, you know, we will never see. It's, it's, it's really awesome. And, and it's, it's, there's basically, there's nothing, I don't have any complaints about guardians of the galaxy. There's nothing like the one complaint that I would have is more Ronin, but that's really about it. And, uh, it's just such a solid entry into the Marvel cinematic universe that it, it, you know, it's it's up there. It's way up there. It's like it could even be like number two. I don't. We'll see. But it's a it's a fantastically made movie. And uh, yeah, soundtrack, fantastic. Not a, not a bad song on there. So super good. Yeah. 
All right, Nick, your number four. My number four is Whiplash. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. We snuck in there just before it was leaving theaters. I think we were, went the last day. Yeah. I remember I was sick, yep. and it was hard to get out of the couch and, and go see it. Uh, but awesome. Mm-hmm. Just And I remember as soon as it ended, I was like, whew. But I wasn't sure how I felt about it. I was kind of like, hmm. But I had to I had to think about it. I was pretty caught up in the in the momentum of it. Yeah. But it's just very well directed. There are actually there are moments of very clever you know direction cinematography, but for the most part, it's well directed in in the the shaping of the performances and just and sometimes getting out of the way and letting the two actors you know do their thing. I've never seen a single shred of evidence that made me think I would like Miles Teller in anything, but he's really good in this movie. I don't know that I'll ever like him in anything again, but he's got this movie. It's just fantastic. And J.K. Simmons, I mean, anyone who doubted he was going to be amazing was just, I don't want to know you. But he's, he's even better than I expected. Because, he, you know, everyone thinks, oh, he can do his typical angry, intimidating authority figure guy. But he really, he, he finds a new facet of that. He's of terrifying. That, yeah. And, and just very reminiscent of some real-life instructors that I've had. So... Uh, it was a really fun movie to watch, and not only for the performances, but just the music in it is terrific. And it reminded me of being in band back in the day, which was kind of a fun little trip down memory lane. Yeah, but it's uh, just so well made. It's very tight and engaging. It goes it goes by pretty briskly, and the ending is just one of the best climaxes of the year. I, it's not. It's hard sometimes. I feel like a lot of modern movies don't don't balance that like rising action and climax and the very well but this movie really emphasizes that and you yeah. just get this oh man it's fantastic it's like a piece of great music it just crescendos and crescendos and you get to that big finale and that big fermata over the end and then it just ends and you're like ooh, yeah it's great Willie, you've got to see it at some point totally I, I really want to yeah it's it'll it'll happen good it'll happen maybe i'll let you guys know about john wick and whiplash at the same time john whiplash john whiplash <laughs> the sequel chad wick lash Bozeman. All right, Willie, number four, five, four. Four, four yes. Yep. Uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Holy moly, what a fucking emotional roller coaster this movie is. <laughs> uh, I, not a, planet, not a Planet of the Apes fan. Not, not, a, not a, an OG Planet of the Apes fan. I will not make any claims to that whatsoever. Compared to Tim, none of us are. But Well, yeah, but compared to... You don't like it at all? Or? I, do, I do not like any of the old Planet of the Apes movies. Wow. I find them dull and boring, and I could not care less. Sorry, Tim. Um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes did something to me I didn't expect. I am so incredibly invested in these characters that I, I there were Willie's tears, which does not happen very often in movies. Not anymore. I'm kind of soulless now. So, um, it just wow, like front to back. And this movie could have, this movie could have fell flat on its face because yeah. of my level of anticipation for it and my my feelings towards the first installment it could have easily been one of the most disappointing movies of the year yeah but it just surpassed my expectations i cannot wait to see where they go next um but i'm equally as excited as i am terrified for where they go next because i care so much about these characters now that i'm like oh my god what's gonna happen to them and i just this is one of those stories where i feel like it can't end well yeah. So I just it's God, it just an absolute emotional roller coaster. Loved it from front to front to back. Amazing action sequences. Like holy crap. There's apes riding on horseback yeah. with with guns. Yeah. It sounds so dumb. 
like like when you say it out loud, but it just it's so believable in this universe. Uh, just the whole thing. Some of the best motion capture we've ever seen. The best. It's they. This is it makes it makes Rise look weak, in my opinion, uh, compared to that. Just a great film. Absolutely. If you if you have any hesitation to see the new Apes movies, um, don't just see them. Just watch them because I think you'll be like me and go, oh okay, I, I get it now. So. All right. My number four, a film from one of my favorite directors, Gone Girl. Uh, David Fincher crafted such a beautiful this this movie. It's honestly like like a roller coaster ride, to, or not even that. I think like it, and I'm really nerdy for saying this, but it's just like a beautifully crafted chess match, and I absolutely love it for that. All right, Bobby Fischer. I know, right? Um, the way that this movie's put together, like the edge of this, like I'm on the edge of my seat the whole time. I'm sitting there wanting to figure out every little bit of the mystery as we're kind of getting fed these breadcrumbs that may or may not actually lead us down the actual path. It's just so like beautifully crafted, and 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 like every little detail seems to be accounted for, and and I think the story and the like, honestly. The message behind this movie makes me really angry and sad, and 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 what a lot of people would like get out of this movie, I it, I hate it. But I think that's one of the reasons that I kind of love the movie so much is that it does such a good job of kind of like portraying the situation that seems really outlandish on the face of it. If you like were to just like spoil the movie in one line, but I think the movie just kind of really legitimizes it and makes it like terrifying and 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 almost makes it a reality so if you have not seen gone girl please check it out and uh you can be like me and get over the fact that trent reznor and david fincher haven't broken up yet so (laughs) all right nick number three number three for me was interstellar um nolan I I loved Interstellar. Sitting in the theater, I- experiencing it all in the moment, it was it was a tremendous movie. Both in ambition of storytelling and ambition of effects and uh, a lot of the theories that it deals with and taking some of these actors and pushing them, I think, into places they wouldn't normally go. It's very, uh, I think it's to be commended for for how exploratory it is in terms of filmmaking as well as you know what it's about but the um something about it didn't quite make it up to number one for me i think it it had a it had a couple little little chinks in the armor but i mean all all three of my top three do but it's uh it's definitely a a powerful entry into nolan's filmography i think it uh it's one that was important to him it's nice to see him make something that feels like he really put himself into it 100 percent again after the dark knight rises um, McConaughey is is fantastic in it. He has one of my absolute top five favorite scenes uh, of 2014 in this movie. The effects are, like I said, just fantastic. And it <clears throat> there are moments in this movie when I reacted physically to what I was seeing. And I think seeing it in, in the IMAX at the Henry Ford Theater here in, in Michigan helped uh, and I I weep a little bit for people who will never get <laughs> never never get to experience I'm it. I'm getting I'm tearing up right now at the fact that I didn't go and see it a second time. 
yeah, I, I feel really bad for anybody who didn't get to experience it the way we did because it really, that's, I think, the sign of a really intense filmmaker who can make an experience that deserves to be viewed a certain way. And on the other side, on the other on the other hand, it's a, a bit of a downfall that it will not translate quite as well to the to the home theater, which is what a lot of people prefer, which to me is one of the great sadnesses of the state of movies in 2015 is that so many people would rather just stay at home and watch it. And when something is made like this is to be experienced a certain way, it's too bad when people don't. But it... Um, it's still going to be a great movie, and I think it's going to be one that people will remember for a long time. So, good job, Nolan. Looking forward to the next one. Keep All up right. the good work. Good for the mission. Good for the mission. <laughs> Willie, what's your number three? I just realized I, I, I... Never mind. Number three, Captain America the Winter Soldier, which I just misspelled on my phone as Captain America. <laughs> and it wasn't intentional. America. It was not intentional. Um, this is the Captain America movie I've been waiting for, and... Seeing as he's my favorite superhero, this is a big deal. Um, it's it's really a great movie, just front to back. I thought I uh, Act Three gets a little Marvel movie, but I kind of expected that going into it. They all kind of get a little Marvel movie, so I've kind of gotten over that. But good God, the fight scenes in this too, just fantastic. The kicking, I mean, great kicking, top notch <laughs> kicking. Yeah, I mean the best of the year, perhaps. Um, yeah. Ra- Raid wins for punching. Captain America wins for kicking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's a great movie. Close uh, down kicking. Close, close down America. <laughs> <laughs> These kicks are crazy. No, um, it's it's a cool movie because it it does this very. It, it definitely hits on that seventies uh, political thriller, but it has the superhero element, so it maintains that action and that scope. Um, I thought every fight scene, every set piece in this was interesting in its own way. And that it kind of reminded me of uh, Mission Impossible Four a little bit in that sense. Everything was had its own. Every action scene had its own unique quality, whether it was the way it was shot, or the environment in which they were fighting, or you know whatever. It just great movie. Somehow they managed to make Batch Rock cool. So <laughs> that's a feat. Uh, I really can't wait to see where the story goes. I am nervous about it. Obviously, we've talked about kind of Civil War and how we feel about that. But I think the Russos are. I mean. They stepped up to the plate and just, I mean, seriously, baseball analogies knocked it out of the park. Because, <laughs> wow. So, yeah, Captain America, excellent, excellent. What's the second director duo on your top ten? Uh, yes. And normally I don't like director duos. Mm. I think it's too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> too many cooks. <laughs> too many cooks. <laughs> well, uh, on that note, number three for me is Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Uh, I think this is the best Marvel movie that's been made to date. It's fantastic. Like, there's, it's so good, and it's like I, I remember walking out of theater being like, I don't know if this beats Iron Man three to me. And just the more that I think about it, I'm like, it does. It does. They're both really, really unique stories, but Iron Man three still really fits into the Marvel movie genre to me. Like, if Marvel movies was its own genre. I think Captain America does enough different that it doesn't really feel like that to me. And and I absolutely appreciate it for that. Um, I like Captain America is awesome, but I'm not typically like a Captain America fan. I'm definitely more of an Iron Man guy. And, and the fact that like, this is quite possibly close to my favorite. Like, I think it's my favorite Marvel movie. I think it's just 
awesome that they took this character that probably at some point I thought was just a dated ideal of America and made it relevant not only just in modern times, but like made it relevant to like things that were happening this year. Like that's awesome and 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 really really beautifully done. And I, you know, that this is why it's number three. So Captain America two. Looking forward to the Russo's future work in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. All right, Nick, you're number two. <sighs> I have struggled with this decision. Oh, man. <laughs> struggled. Struggle. Still struggling. Are you sweating? You can't see it. But <laughs> in key areas, I'm very sweaty. Um, I still don't know, honestly. My, t- my one and two are completely interchangeable. This is this is like uh last year when um uh god damn it, what were the two movies that you had? You had your eight and nine were bouncing off of each other. Yeah, the conjuring and the con- uh, Lewin Davis. Yeah, Lewin Davis was battling yeah. the ghosts. Yes, 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 that's right, that's right. Yeah, this is the same way. Um so I'm just gonna have to pull the trigger on one of them, but Baron, these two are on completely equal standing for me. They're just they're so different. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh Okay. I don't think I'm going to change my mind. Uh, my number two of 2014, I think I'm going to say, is Guardians of the Galaxy. It's, it's a 10 out of 10. It's tremendous. It's my favorite movie of the year. But with these top 10s, I'm always torn between what were the best movies and what were my favorite movies. Yeah. And I always try to do a healthy mix. So there are movies on my list. This disclaimer is coming way too late into the episode. <laughs> I, there are movies on my list that are lower. Like there, are, like I enjoyed The Raid Two and Grand Budapest probably better than Whiplash, but I think Whiplash was a better <laughs> was a better was a better movie. So Guardians of the Galaxy. This was my favorite movie of the year, but we'll talk about the best next. But Guardians, uh, just it had by by and far all my favorite moments of 2014. I mean the the opening alone. Of just the, the the shots of his mask and like the space rain on that planet with the volcanoes and everything, I just was like in the theater, like yep. it was just ridiculous. But this was just such an amazing thing to behold because I feel like for the first time in my like adult life that I really saw the birth of like a new generation Star Wars. Like screw Star Trek and all you know a lot of the other sci-fi stuff that kids have enjoyed or like any of that Hunger Games hoo ha. Like, this was one where I really understood, like, I will understand why kids love this movie. And it had everything. It had action, adventure, humor, romance, great fighting, great jokes, like, amazing effects. So imaginative. Everything about it is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, It's just a great time at the movies. It's a great movie. Like, it's in that Indiana Jones vein, Princess Bride, Star Wars. I will be watching this one 30 years from now. I'll be showing it to my kids, and it will be one of those ones that I'm just always watching. It's phenomenal. It's got a great, fun villain, fantastic heroes. My my favorite comic book character, against all odds, was in a movie. It's, <laughs> it's insane. And it, it had great themes, too, about, about friends and family and who the, important, who the really important people to you are and how you can look to those bonds to, to help you get through things, like literally, physically in this movie. You can rely on those people to help you through struggles. It's phenomenal and just the action in it is incredible everything about it is just so much fun anybody who didn't see it i i i'm almost more sorry than if you didn't see interstellar in the imax <laughs> but by all means check it out it's by far the best marvel movie in my opinion it outstrips everything else 
And uh, I'm looking forward to the sequel a lot, but I'm scared because how can it be better than this one? So um, Guardians of the Galaxy, great job, Marvel. You did my, my team proud. All right. It happen. Willie, your number two. My number two is Snowpiercer. This movie has planted something into my brain, and I can't get it out of my brain. I don't know what it is. I have not... There are two other movies that made me feel the way this movie makes me feel. Those movies are Children of Men and Blade Runner. That's it. That's high praise. What a list. Snowpiercer is different than those movies. Very different. It's a little zanier. It's a little wackier. It's a little more Asian, which is uh, (laughs) Asia's open again, so... (laughs) I can say that, um, but I, I loved I love the action sequences. I love the story. Um, I love the look of the movie, uh, the soundtrack, the actors. Chris Evans, who I've always I've liked since Sunshine, and Nick turned me on to Sunshine. And I remember when he got cast as Captain America. People were like, eh, "Not another teen movie guy." Uh. Like, have you seen Sunshine? Then suck a dick because he's pretty he's pretty good. And he's great in this movie. Uh, he is really good. Jamie Bell's really good in this movie too. I mean, everybody is, but I there's something about this movie, and it's uh, it's it's vision of the apocalypse that I love, and it's very different from anything we've seen before, and I appreciate that. Um, and I embrace the zaniness because I kind of like that in in some some movies. Like I'm a huge battle royale fan, and you will not find much more zany than battle royale <laughs> in the midst of disgusting human behavior. Um, so it it kind of I don't know. It just hit all the right notes for me, and it's I've only seen it once, and it made number two, and That's I'm good. confident in its number two spot. It beat Cap, and I'm 100 percent okay with that. So, yeah, Snowpiercer is awesome. Please see it. Yeah. I can't guarantee you'll like it. I honestly can't, but I loved it. So Hashtag embrace the zaniness. Yeah, embrace the zane. The Billy Zane? <laughs> All yes. right. My if number you see two. him, hug him. <laughs> he needs it right now. Uh, my number two. Screw G.I. Joe. Screw Battleship. Screw Transformers. The Lego movie is the movie that needs to be made based off of a, a, a toy line. Yep. Like, this movie encapsulates everything that Legos were created for. Like, the principles, the main tenets of Legos are the DNA of this film. And it's so beautifully well done. Like, Willie, Willie took the words right out of my mouth. Wreck-It Ralph is awesome. This movie goes above and beyond Wreck-It Ralph to me. And it's so, so finely crafted. It's the best use of 3D that I've seen in any movie. It's like my favorite 3D movie to watch, like Overtron Legacy. It's amazing. And like the fact that I could say that, like honestly, it's the 3D is used so well that it's amazing. And as Willie said, everybody selected for each part in this movie plays that part so well. Like, for some reason, Allison Brie just absolutely, like, the, she plays this, like, a little horse thing that's, like, bright and cheery. Unikitty. Yeah, she plays Unikitty. And it, it's just the perfect part for her. And the Channing Tatum, it's awesome. Like, and, and, uh, Morgan Freeman? Yeah, and Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman as, as uh, Metal, uh, Metal Beard. Metal Beard. They're all perfectly cast everybody is perfectly cast in this movie liam neeson fantastic it's it's all 
there's nothing about this movie that isn't to like. The Mark Mothersbaugh score is awesome. Everything is awesome in the Lego movie. Nice. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh. All right. Before we get to our number ones, I would like to do a quick recap of the rest of your list. So, Nick, before your number one. Number 10 was X-Men Days of Future Past. Number 9 was Fury. Number 8 was The Raid 2. Number 7 is Grand Budapest Hotel. Number 6 is Need for Speed. Number 5, John Wick. Number 4, Whiplash. Number 3, Interstellar. Number 1.1, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number 1 was Boyhood. Is Boyhood. Uh... No, I said Guardians was my favorite movie of the year, and I would regard this movie as the best movie of the year. Um, it's not because the story is the best, because it doesn't really have a story. It's not because the acting is the best, because some of the acting is not that hot. But overall, it's pretty damn good. It's not because it's flashy or has some amazing effects or does anything really fancy other than be shot over 12 years. Are you kidding? (laughs) The fact that this movie even exists alone should put it in everybody in the universe's top five. I don't care if you liked it or not. (laughs) Bow down to this movie. It's insane that it exists and that it is as well put together as it is. It moves so fluidly, and I never found myself going... And it's long. It's long. I don't remember exactly the, the TRT, but it's mm. it's lengthy. Just short of three, I'm sure. I think so. And yeah. I never once found myself going, oh, okay, this segment has gone on a little bit too far or too long. It Just when I'm kind of settling into it, boom, let's move down to the next stage. And ain't that the truth, like life? <laughs> because just when you start settling into a moment in your life, you look back and you're like, oh, shit, three years have passed, and I'm suddenly way older and everything's different and that's exactly the way this movie is this movie is the most realistic portrayal of and i want i was gonna say honest portrayal of life but i mean it glosses over a lot of the grit and grime and terrible things about life i'm sure like a european version of this movie would just be horrible and depressing (laughs) lars von trier's yes it would be just so crushing but and ultimately probably more realistic But it, but it doesn't shy away from a lot of no. This movie is not like a hyper idealized version of yeah. life. I mean, this this echoes adolescent boyhood in uh, I mean all the stages of boyhood, but uh, that very you know pretty honestly. And this movie rung insanely true for me. Like there there was a lot in this movie that reflected my own real life, and it you know that for the reason that it ended up at number nine yep. on Alex's list. Um, it's the reason it's number one for me. We had this discussion right after the movie that it, it it really, for him, he was like, oh, yeah, it was good. I liked it, but it didn't really connect. And I was like in tears on the way to the airport yeah. to pick up Amy because we left right from the theater. Yeah. And I was just talking about some of the scenes and I got all worked up because I was like, oh, my God, that was just, I remember that exact moment so much, especially with some of the family stuff and, and some of his like late high school, early early college moments. So, um, but it's, it's. There were several times where my breath left my lungs just watching this kid just suddenly be older. It was like shocking. And then and then to see that the the quality of the film never changed. It feels so consistent throughout. It's yeah. like you're watching the most amazing special effect ever. But I'm a huge nostalgia junkie. This is no secret to my friends. And I've <laughs> I've mentioned this two or three times on this podcast that I love to reminisce. I love to to be nostalgic and talk about things past and, and, and the better days so to speak. And this movie is just, when it was over, I was just like, Oh my God, I need, I need a beer and a smoke because it <laughs> just, wow, what a trip down memory lane. And just a, 
an incredible reminder of just the beauty of life and 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 seizing it and living it because I look back and I, I see the age of this kid and and the mode of life he's entering at the end of the movie and I was like that was a decade ago for me that was 10 years ago and I still remember it so vividly and it's just terrifying and now I understand as I was growing up the way my parents would be like oh man you know enjoy this while you can or that way you can because I look back and go yeah I can't sit on my front lawn in the summertime and wait for the ice cream truck to come by anymore like I'm not seven years old anymore yeah those moments are forever lost to me and all the other things of of growing up and being a little kid and then being a young adult and finding out who you are and where you're going to go in this world and who you're going to be like the line in the movie what do you want to be yeah not only was this the best trailer of the year as well but uh the movie is just absolutely phenomenal and and heartbreaking and and joyous and funny and important i think is the biggest thing about this movie it is so important and it will never be duplicated. And the reason this one ultimately edged out Guardians is I will get another Guardians of the Galaxy, literally. There yeah. will be a sequel. And then years down the line, we'll get something else like it. And, and we'll get another great sci-fi franchise. Those actors will go on to do more great things. There will never be another Boyhood. And I am so glad I was here to be a part of it, to, <laughs> to see it and, and contribute to its box office take. Because it is just, it's, it's, it's Richard Linklater's opus. Close Richard Linklater. He's done. <laughs> just... Send him in a capsule and shoot him back into the sun because he's, he has completed his work. It's, it's astounding. And I have friends that hated this movie, and it just... Wow. I understand, but it yeah. breaks my heart because, especially if you are a guy, because how can you not... How can you watch this movie and not just go, oh, wow, like I'm, I'm transported back there. It's, it's phenomenal. It's incredible. And I, I hope everybody can see it and, and get something out of it because um, it's really something special. All right. One. Beautiful. Good job, Richard. Willie, please uh, recap your top ten. Oh, that's right. Proceed I have to, to I your do number that one. Now. Number ten, Fury. Number nine, Hundred Foot Journey. Number eight, Edge of Tomorrow. Number seven, Raid Two. Number six, Godzilla. Number five, The Lego Movie. Number four, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Number three, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Number two, Snowpiercer. And number one, Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't expect this to be number one. I knew it was. I, good. That's why I was. I was so surprised when you said Cap. At I still three. think you're lying. No, I'm not. <laughs> it was. Here's here's why Guardians of the Galaxy is better than everything this year. Um, it is everything I love about movies and what in a movie. It's everything. Everything that got me into movies as a sad little kid is in this movie. Everything. This is the kind of movie my dad would take me to the theater to go see. This is if I was. But here's the beauty of it. If I sit back and watch, I don't know, Mortal Kombat now or Masters of the Universe or one of those movies I grew up watching, right? They don't quite hold up, but there's a, there's a fondness in my heart for it because I grew up with it, right? This one is so much more sophisticated than those. This is like, it's like, I mean, Nick, Nick said it best. I'm going to make my kids watch this movie. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty cool feeling. You know what I mean? I don't know. This is just, it's exactly... What I wanted and more. It's a great comic book movie. It's a great Marvel movie. It's a great sci-fi movie, a great action movie, a great comedy, everything. Everything I wanted. A great musical in some spots. I mean, the soundtrack's killer. Just, there's nothing I don't like about this movie. Honestly, like I, I, I could probably nitpick some things, but it just doesn't... This is a movie that I, I've, I've talked about this before, too, about how I... My favorite movies are the ones that I... Somebody could say, hey, I haven't seen that. Let's watch that. Or... 
if they even if they have, they just say, you know, what? I want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy, and I would drop literally like I I drop everything I was doing and just say, yeah, let's watch it. <laughs> this is on that list now. This is will forever be on the list. Um, and like I said, I'm kind of surprised by it too, but I I'm very happy about it because it's it's just a it's a perfect movie. I have I have no issues with it, and it it just made me feel that same feeling of joy that I had watching these kinds of movies in the theater as a kid. Like it was, it was great. But like I said, more sophisticated, you know, I didn't feel like I was being pandered to either. Like it, this, a different feeling than Avengers, you know, cause Avengers for me was kind of like a dream realized on screen. Yeah. This was just like, wow, I'm witnessing a universe, like a, a, a universe that, that I hopefully get to go back to many, many times, but at least, you know, if, even if, even if it sucks, like at least I'll always have this Yeah. and I'll be watching this forever. So, yeah, huge fan. Love it. It's great. James Gunn's awesome. Keep doing awesome things, James Gunn. Please. There's a high bar they've set. Yeah. It, yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm with you. I mean, you took the words out of my mouth with, with what you said about it because I just... The, I'm nervous because it's... You know, I... I, I mean, I want a sequel. I want to see the characters again, but at the same time, you you got to be worried because you never know. I mean... I think they got. It. I think they got it in here. I think I'm, they do. I've got. Faith. I think they do. I think they realize they can just let James Gunn do what he wants to do at this point, and it'll be okay. So. Yeah, yeah. Foggy, don't screw this up. <laughs> All right, uh, my list: number ten, Edge of Tomorrow; number nine, Boyhood; number eight, Chef; number seven, John Wick; number six, The Grand Budapest Hotel; number five, Guardians of the Galaxy; number four, Gone Girl; number three, Captain America: The Winter Soldier; number two, The Lego Movie; and number one. Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Oh my God! This is not his best movie. This is not a flawless movie. But if this movie came out when I was of the age that I could like decide the rest of my life, still, it would have changed my life. Like I'm very much. If I could somehow sign up to go to Mars and like it's just a one way mission, I would probably do it right now because of this movie. Like, I remember when when I when I wa- when you like I finally wore down and watched the trailer for this movie, the the teaser, the teaser. Okay, yeah, because I I was sitting in the theater and it came on and I couldn't look away and I was like, okay, I remember tearing up and just being like, this is everything that I think about. These are things that are in my head. The idea that we've given up on exploring our universe, kind of, and at least in the way that we did back in, like, the 60s and the 70s. And the idea that there are so many people out there that don't have any concern for the children that they're making in terms of, like, we have this world that may not be sustainable at some point in the future. People are so willing to just cast that off and say, well, it doesn't matter. It's not my problem right now. This movie kind of takes that and like illustrates it and and puts a lot of weight to it and and shows us our own universe in ways that we've never seen before. Like it's and I and I love it for that. It's it's so everything about it's beautiful. Like the first shot of the black hole is amazing and it's mind bending. Even the shot of the wormhole is amazing and mind bending and Seeing every facet of this movie come together, the beautiful performances by by uh, you know everybody who's in it, but especially Matthew McConaughey and and uh, 
the wonderful sc- wonderful score written by Hans Zimmer, the wonderful effects, the robots that look really kludgy at first glance, but are totally awesome and oh, steal amazing. a lot of the scenes that they're in. All of it comes together so wonderfully that it blows my mind. And and absolutely, it's very ambitious. It's totally ambitious. I think I kind of go back on back and forth as to like what I think is more ambitious in terms of Inception or Interstellar, but. It's hard for me, like, I, I don't even have a lot of the words that I want to say about Interstellar. Like, I can't, somebody walks up to me and they're like, oh, that movie was horrible. Like, I can't impart on them what I feel I really, really enjoy and appreciate. So it's good that I'm spending four minutes talking about it on a podcast when I can't say what I really want to say. But You're doing good. It's just, Keep going. it's amazing. And I, that's that's all that I really need to say. And and just the idea, and I said that this is showing us our universe, the, the place, like everything, the solar system that we live in, things that are out there that we know about. Like the fact that there are scientific research papers that came out of making this movie from Kip Thorne's work, and it's, that's mind-blowing and something that not a lot of movies do, not a lot of movies will do after this. It's amazing. So that's my number one. Well said. Thank you. So Nailed it. Those are our top tens of 2014. I think we're going to take one more quick break, and then we will finish out with the superlatives and honorable mentions. Stick tuned, guys. Yep. We're back with our honorable mentions and the rest of our superlatives for superlatives for the uh, film awards that we're giving this year. The MFNPs. I don't know. Anyway, Nick, what were some of your honorable mentions for your top ten list? Uh, honorable mentions included Birdman, Birdman, purely because of its its ambition, its technical mm-hmm. ambition, a lot of the acting in it's very good, but it uh it didn't quite get there and it had it had some pretty big st- fundamental flaws, which I mean they're they're debatable, they're a matter of opinion I think, but for me they're flaws. Yeah. Uh Noah. Mm. Noah was awesome, top to bottom, everything about it was great. Uh Edge of Tomorrow, as you guys mentioned, I actually forgot that came out this year. Uh, if I had more time to think about it, it may have been on my top ten, but whatever. Honorable mentions, a good list. Gone Girl, solid. And uh, Cap 2, I, I kind of wanted to restrict my list to one comic book movie. And yeah. it ended up, X-Men snuck in there, but it's a different camp, so it's kind of yeah. okay. Planet of the Apes, I'm not even sure if I want it to be an honorable mention. It's very good, but it failed to make me go, wow. And I'm not sure why. I think the first one made me go, wow, but I think the first one... So the, yeah, it came out of nowhere, and so, the reg- so unexpected, right? And the, and the expectations were considerable for the second one, and it didn't quite deliver on all the fronts that I wanted it to. But it um, it's very good. But I I have a feeling that I'm going to look at it some years from now, and it's not going to age as gracefully as I want it to, uh, effects wise. But it's um, it's a pretty sweet movie. Um, and that's about it. All right, Willie, honorable mentions. Um, twenty two Jump Street. A very worthy sequel to the original, maybe even better than the original. Hilarious, mm. very very funny. Um, Boyhood, I mean, it, it's just it's a, the things of Marvel, you know. And, and it's uh, the only reason why it's not in my top ten is because I, I like Nick was kind of mentioning favorites versus best movies. It's it, I do favorites, so yeah. yeah, didn't make the cut this time. Uh, Grand Budapest, 
hey, we got a good Wes Anderson movie. Uh, it's probably his second best movie. So sweet. I'm, I, mean, I was very happy. Ray Fiennes is amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, totally like one of the coolest yeah, how characters. Did we not talk about him at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of the coolest characters of the year in film for sure. Uh, great. Um, X Men. Hey, you almost have your franchise saved. Just one or two more, and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, Million Dollar Arm, the second best India movie of the year, <laughs> but it does have John Hamm and baseball, so America as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Step Up All In, as the tagline said, every step has led to this. What a what a fantastic ending to that franchise, if it is indeed the end. I was just gonna say it's not. Uh, it was it was it was beautiful, guys. It was everything culminating in one perfect beautiful dance off and i i loved it awesome yeah all right my honorable mentions something earlier in the year that i was almost certain was going to be on my top 10 but then i rewatched it and and it didn't quite end up here they came together it's beautiful it's a great return to form in my opinion for david wayne and in, in that i feel like it's a it's a wet hot american summer for romantic comedies and that and, was this year yep wow. i didn't think it was this year yeah that was it's, a great movie it's fantastic like i still i watched it and i still enjoyed it very much but i was like i don't think this is my top 10 but everybody in it ken marino <laughs> ken marino dancing back and forth with the basketball <laughs> completely, oh, yeah. completely meaninglessly Genius. it's just it's so beautiful like it's it's a oh. special kind of ineptitude that steve carell made a career out of on the office <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely so um whiplash i thought this was going to be in my top 10 as well i i think the problem with whiplash for me is that um i feel like at least some of the way it was shot, like in a technical sense, I feel like it gets a little wacky, especially in the way that it kind of portrays the band and it, and it goes with like the bombast of big band music, I think, but it just, I feel like it could have been, there there could have been a little bit more technical prowess that made it, would have made it like a little bit more flashy without being over the top. And, uh, but, but watching JK Simmons and Miles Teller just orbit around each other for that, the duration of that movie is awesome and i hope to get like i i think not that awards matter at all and who cares but i think jk simmons should get the best supporting actor for that i think it's a beautiful role for him and and he did awesome things with it um x-men days of future past uh, i i i enjoyed it quite a bit and i think it does a lot well and it totally saves the franchise for me but at uh it i don't know it just i don't know <laughs> I couldn't do three comic book movies on my list, and and Days of Future Past is the one that lost. So, um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Nick Nick said it to me. It's a fantastic movie. It's just it didn't it didn't really wow me as much as I wanted it to. And uh, you know, I'm sorry, Willie. I'm sorry. Uh, I also saw it after the fact, and I'm not sorry. Know. I stand by. Man. <laughs> Y'all are hot garbage. <laughs> Y'all are some hot garbage. And then uh, finally, this is a movie. It's not. I, it's definitely not top ten material, and it's not really honorable. Man, I don't know. It wouldn't have made the list at all. But it's something that I want to mention because I think it's an awesome movie, and everybody should go watch it immediately because it's free on Amazon Prime. It's a movie called Coherence. I'm not going to say anything about it. Go watch it. It's awesome. It's one of the movies that I watched because I wanted to catch up. It's one of the movies that I wanted to see this year that I hadn't seen. And I watched like a movie every day last week. So I forgot to honorable mention Nightcrawler. Mm. Nate was never going to make top 10, but I yeah. feel like it's worth mentioning. 
Yeah. It's a really good movie. That's fair. All right. Our worst movies of the year. Willie, you want to start this one off? I feel like I'm the right man to start this. <laughs> I watch a lot of crap. <laughs> um, okay. So, Devil's Do. Holy shit. Please stop making found footage horror movies. Please, please, <laughs> please stop it. I'm begging everybody in Hollywood to not do this anymore. I didn't even know this was a found footage horror movie. Because, like, the first five minutes isn't. And then they trick you into getting, watching the movie, and you're like, fuck. I should have just turned it off. Terrible. <laughs> Transcendence is awful. It is it's, – it's abysmal. There's nothing good about Transcendence. It's just lifeless and dull and sad and full of half ideas. Uh, Transformers 4 <laughs> somehow managed to be the worst Transformers movie made, I think, maybe. Uh, I don't know. Two's pretty bad. It's terror. They're all really bad. So <laughs> the first one's okay. Um, the Double. I saw this movie with uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Mia Wasikowska. <laughs> um, I don't even know what it's about. I turned it off a half hour in, but it was unwatchable. I think it was directed so by Richard Ayoade of uh, it is. the IT crowd It's fame. unwatchably bad. I mean, it's, you, it, I dare you. Wow. Good luck. Have fun. Um, Tusk. <laughs> Tusk is terrible. It's really not good. I think I think it's hilarious though, but it's a it's a bad movie. I mean, by all by every you should watch it though. <laughs> RoboCop. I really like RoboCop as a character. I don't remember anything about this movie, <laughs> and I saw it this year. That's not a good sign. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, and that's not even bad. It's just so who cares? It's really bland. Oh, awful. Uh, Inherent Vice is not good. I don't. Well, I've, I seriously. I think I fell asleep for like five minutes in the theater. I just. I'm just now willing to admit this to you guys. I didn't like it. I totally forgot about that movie. It, it probably would have been my number ten. I didn't like it. <laughs> um, and then no, I don't know that for sure, but I did forget about it. You guys know what came out this year? Pompeii. That was this year. <laughs> Pompeii is really, really, really terrible. I mean, it's re- even by widescreen standards. By Paul Whitescreen Anderson. Paul Anderson. It's, it's bad, but you need to watch it because Kiefer Sutherland plays like a Roman general, <laughs> and it's fucking great. Please do yourself a favor. I just showed these guys a clip on YouTube, and I'm pretty sure I haven't sold. <laughs> so, yeah. That's it. All right. Am I doing most disappointing? Not yet. Okay. Nick, do you want me to go, or you want to go? Uh, go ahead. All right. My worst movies of 2014, number one, I didn't number these actually, but number one, Transformers Age of Abortion. It's terrible. It's really disgusting. Abortion jokes. Yeah. Um, Oops. Sorry. Transcendence is really, really bad. Like Willie said, there's nothing good about it. Like even the effects are like really poorly half-baked and just it's stupid, which is a shame because the premise could be fantastic. Um, The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies is really bad. It's just, oh, God, no. I'm not going to watch it again. I won't. Is it really that bad? I'm not going to watch it again. Damn. I'm yeah, like it, there's no there's It's no worse point. than the second one. Mm. No, but the stakes are it It okay. should have uh, okay. been. Okay, we better, don't need to review the hobby. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's all right. Uh Tusk, abysmal. Disgusting. Even though Gila Point's amazing. <laughs> it's re- <laughs> <laughs> You can even finish your sentence. Had to get it in there, didn't you? Had to, had to put it in there. Totally. Oh, oh totally. man. Haven't I been through enough? I can't wait to get a text from you later of that soundbite. If you go and... <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, finally on my worst list, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is really bad. It's, it's like horrendous. I hate his, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's my list of worst of 2014. Nick, did you 
formulate a list. Yeah, I'm just I'm scrolling right now through the through the Yeah. <laughs> and pancakes is ready. Uh see I I dodged <laughs> we lost it's over. Close podcast. <laughs> I I dodged a lot of the bad ones this year because I was absent for a lot of the summer and um Yeah. I also have have Taste just gets in the way. <laughs> sometimes I'm not able to just stoop down and, and see some of the shit. See the yo Frankenstein. I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad you guys are. Um, but no, I've got some worst ones for sure. Uh, I've got written on here. It just says Turts T U R T S, which is my short for turtles. Because I watched the first probably 35 minutes of of Ninja Turtles, and it's so bad. Just doesn't it? Just gets called Turts. So Ninja Turtles. That's 15 minutes of the title right there. It's um, it's really stupid and it starts off okay i started it and i was like I, I mean just on my computer i was like all right i'm gonna finally see what this is all about i don't know why that was the one i mean you guys had a, a wonderful run of the podcast through the summer where you saw nothing but terrible movies <laughs> and the reviews are some of my favorite and um that one though i was like i don't know why that's one i'm gonna start with but it was it was turts and uh it's really stupid. It, just, <laughs> it gets to a point where it's like, this is okay, and then all of a sudden it comes to a screeching, grinding halt and just gets <laughs> awful, and that's, that's turts. Uh, RoboCop, what a waste, wasted opportunity. Yeah. It had a one good scene, literally one good scene that managed to improve upon the original. And in every other way, it falls so far below the original, it's just not even worth, it's barely a movie. Yep. And I feel really bad for Joel Kinnaman because this could have been a big thing for him, and he's fantastic in The Killing. And I wish him something else, some yeah. other franchise or something to get him more in the public eye. Because I don't want anybody to be like, ooh, he's the guy that was, yeah. Yeah. Um, Luckily, I don't think anybody No one's going to remember this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody so, yeah. remembers Robocop oh, came out. Hopefully. So. Um, the Hobbit, I'll agree with Alex for sure. Big old fat, smelly turd. <laughs> just <laughs> several flushes later and you wouldn't get, you, I can't get it out of my memory. It's just <laughs> horrible. Ugh. Uh Spider-Man 2 would probably be my pick of worst movie of the year, actually. It's, it's a failure on almost every front. And, in, and I know this has gotten, my opinion of it has gotten worse since our review of it. Yeah. But it's just, it has, it, oh, <laughs> it's just, it gets a couple things kind of right, but they're just the tiniest little spikes and uh, what's otherwise nothing but valleys of just deluge. It's... <laughs> It's awful. Awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. That's about it. All right. Then we I don't want to dwell too much on the negative. Biggest disappointment. It's a little more negative for you. Do you want to start? Yeah, sure. I can pick right up. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 would be my, <laughs> my second biggest disappointment. Uh, the first biggest disappointment for sure, without a doubt, is Inherent Vice. I wouldn't put it necessarily on my, my worst list, mm-hmm. but it's not really a good movie. Yeah. Um, and it is the most massive, just asteroid-sized disappointment of the year for sure for me. This just took the wind right out of my sails at the end of the year. Cause I, <laughs> that was one where I was like, oh, I'm just going to see it just in time where for it to be on my top ten, thinking for sure this would be top five. Yeah, like and, we waited to oh, see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Misfire of just the most tragic scale. And I will. I this is one of those movies that gets me so riled up with how I feel about it negatively that it, the, the fires of old like ar- super argumentative Nick are stoked, and I will, <laughs> I will just go toe to toe, blow for blow with anybody about why this movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, so 
Yeah, by all means. <laughs> You'll find no argument with me. No, not, not in this room sure. necessarily, but I can't wait to run into somebody who's like, oh, the best movie of 2014. <laughs> I, I definitely don't with think its, uh, that. With its commentary on beach culture. And, uh, yeah, that's I will just smack that look right off your face verbally. <laughs> so those are definitely... Uh, and Hobbit, I mean, gets lumped in there too because yeah. I, I wanted... I at least wanted it to finish really strong. Yeah. No. But you kind of saw it coming. It just tripped and like fell on its face and busted all of its teeth out and got run over by everybody else in the race. <laughs> it's like that guy in that GTA 5 video who gets hit by everything. <laughs> yeah, by everything. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. All right, Willie, biggest disappointment. Amazing Spider-Man 2. The Sony, Sony or whoever, somebody destroyed the franchise with Spider-Man 3. I mean, just wrecked it. And I thought 1 and 2 were pretty solid films. So, oh, yeah, excellent. Yeah. Some, I mean, I, I never thought they would ever be able to pick up the pieces. Certainly not that soon after. And then somehow... Mark Webb made it happen. He picked it up and, and ran with it. And I was like, damn, that was actually a pretty fulfilling movie. And then somehow he makes us the sequel, which is, is worse than Spider-Man 3. Yeah. So at least Spider-Man 3 is mildly funny for the wrong reasons. <laughs> I never thought I'd say anything nice about Spider-Man 3, but then Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2 came out. So, yeah, it's wow. awful. It's a terrible film. Close, Sony. I think yeah, yeah, close yeah. it. Close, Just close that part of Asia. Pretty much. Uh, I think we talked about Amazing Spider-Man on our most anticipated of 2014, and I remember commenting something like, well, it sounds like things worked out between uh, Sony and Mark Webb. He's okay with them now, but it turns out that that's not true at all, and they were still puppeteering him. I think that was my number two anticipated, number three anticipated. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Arguably, it should be my number one most disappointing. Speaking of number three most anticipated, Transcendence was my biggest disappointment. It's a bummer. It really sucks. It's so worth it though because of all the all the politics surrounding it. It's probably a great comeuppance for Wally Fister. Oh, of, of cosmic level. <laughs> the stories of of pre and post that. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah, it's just it's it's. The I haven't biggest, read up on these, but the biggest tushy spanking of. <laughs> it's oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. I need to do some reading apparently. Oh yeah, it's great. I wonder if he and Nolan will reteam. No, never. I so. would bet real money that never again. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Uh, finally, best uh, score. And we can do best soundtrack as like a separate thing, too. But I think we'll all agree on that one. Guardians is the Guardians, best soundtrack. Guardians is the best yeah. soundtrack. Absolutely. Um, best score. Anybody? Um, That's tough. I don't. Nothing. Nothing. This. Uh, you know what? No, I like the theme. The Godzilla theme. That's very true. I totally forgot about that. I like that. that triumphant theme that they play for him. That was, yeah, yeah that was good. And so, yeah, that might be my favorite piece of music. Yeah. I forgot to mention Godzilla under disappointments. Really? Mm. It's okay. Yeah. It's, it's not that disappointing. It's a mild disappointment. Okay. It's still good. I mean, it, it would be on my honorable mention and my disappointments at the same time. Interesting. Because the two halves of the movie are so different. <laughs> <laughs> because you like so much of part of it and you hate so much of the other part yes, of it. Yes, it, it's in thirds. So two-thirds wins. Two-thirds of it are honorable mention. Yeah, okay. Good job, Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. uh, Score-wise, um, I think my favorite score of the year... Uh, Probably the Lego movie. I think it's I think it's, it's a really cool score. Yeah. Mother's Bow always knocks it out of the park. I think second behind that is probably Interstellar. My only real issue with Interstellar is that I was sitting there listening to it the other day and I thought it kept starting over. <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's really just the exact same motif starting yeah. and in the same way, at the same softness. It feels really weird to me. Like it just doesn't 
quite you feel like it's on loop yeah it's really strange but i think i think there's some really great work there i just don't think um i wouldn't say it's the best of the year i don't think it's Hans zimmer's best either but it's a very unique sound for him too which i like it for that too nick i uh i enjoyed the score for interstellar quite a bit yeah uh i think even the score the actual score for guardians was really good yeah um it had some really good, cool themes and a couple of really nice moments. Like Groot had a moment in there that had a really amazing music. With the flower? Yes. Yeah. Well, that, no, and also the, oh, the, yeah. the multiple. Yep. We are. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, I remember I liked the score in that one. I couldn't remember, and I, I, re- I wish I would have rewatched. I remember liking it. I think I did, um, too. But Need for Speed had cool music. Need for Speed was real cool. Um <laughs> And Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and the raid too. There's actually uh, I have I had set an alarm on my phone to remind me to look up the score for the raid two. And you know how you can name your alarms on iPhones, like like you know a meeting or something like that. If you don't yeah. just use them for waking up. And to this day, it's still in my phone, and it says alarm says. Look at the bottom one. It says Gareth Evans, Raid, raid 2 score. <laughs> it's still there because I set an alarm to remind me to look it up because I remember really, really liking it. And I, I have since purchased it. And it has a couple songs in there I, I listen to pretty regularly. Awesome. I'd regret not mentioning, um, this should have been my honorable mentions, The Guest. And the soundtrack, the score is really fucking cool for The Guest. So it's super 80s and synthy, and I love it. Uh, they're kind of similar, but Whiplash and Birdman both had very cool scores. Yeah. Birdman's was have, sometimes a little distracting, but overall very cool. And it, it comes to play in, in one scene, and it was one of the coolest moments of the movie. Yeah. It actually like is a part of the movie. So. It's And the momentum that it builds is... Crucial yeah. <laughs> at that time. But Absolutely. Yeah, very good. All right. Yeah. Were we supposed to do a segment of movies which we wished we had seen? We did. That was at the beginning. Do you want to throw something on there? You did. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember saying you didn't. You, I don't think you read anything off the list. But it was it it was like the at the beginning we did that. This podcast is so friggin' long that we can't remember what we did at the I beginning. I don't remember if I said anything. But it was it was uh, just movies that we wish we would have seen before we made our top tens. So maybe this is a little different than that. Oh yeah, think? I just meant movies I wish I had seen. Never mind. That's but no, right. please. I well, I guess there. I did mention the Lego movie, but I also wanted to see 22 Jump Street this year, yeah. and I didn't. I wanted to see the Rover because I liked your guys' episode on it. Mm. And I remember you guys saying, I think Nick would have wanted to see this movie or something. I, I think yeah. you'd like it. Well, I think you'd appreciate it. So <clears throat> I, I think didn't want to see that. I think it's free on Prime if you want to watch it. Oh, okay. It. Yeah. I also wanted to see The November Man because I like Pierce Brosnan a lot. Mm. And I wanted to see Winter's Tale because we were all supposed to go see it together. <laughs> <and we laughs> That's, right. That's right. I told I told Tim we should do a double feature of that new Blake Lively, Lively movie and Winter's Tale. <laughs> No, <laughs> that'll happen. That'll happen after our planned double feature of Jupiter Ascending and Seventh we've, Sun. We've got a lot of bonus apps going on up there already. On the I know, list. but we got to start churning these bad boys out. I know, that's true. Anyway, pancakes is real. <laughs> yeah, we we've gone real long. Uh, I have a bunch of top tens and uh, most anticipated from you audience members. So thank you. That should be posted. Uh, Probably the day after you hear this. So please look for that on the website. And the day before you hear this, so if you're listening to this right now, please go read it. Um, Lance wrote a top 10 of 2014 that I will be posting on the website. Very eloquent and and well done. So uh, look for that. 
Uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you thought of the show, what you think of movies we talk about, and all the film news, all that good stuff. Please talk to us. It's great. Um, at MFN Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine. 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give us a call. We might play it on the air and then talk about it. Um, MidwestFilmNerds.com. All 111 plus bonus episodes and full show notes. And, uh, yeah. Keep an eye out for the next Midwest Game Nerds Podcast episode soon. should be coming out soon i don't know exactly when yet but it's going to happen and that will also have its own uh itunes feed that you should go and subscribe to but not yet so don't worry i'm sure i'll tell you when it's out there but other than that kyle xy go watch a movie Lego 2014? Yes. Or 13? 2014. Oh, here comes the part. This is a good part, too. I think this is the part that Nick laughed the loudest at uh, Saturday night. He knows your house. No. (laughs) Even this part's really bad, too. Oh, it's all pretty terrible. Come and get away if you can. Just keep on running, run as fast as you can. He's a dangerous, dangerous man. And he's out tonight, and he's watching you, and he knows your house. (laughs) That is the best line. He knows your house.